Good afternoon, everyone. It is Valentine's Day, and I got my two favorite Valentines, the double mics with me on the mic. Michael Unbroken and my Diamond both got the dress code today. We're all in black. I thought we'd all be in pink, but uh, I guess this is the, the new black is the new pink. Uh, anyways, that's right. Gentlemen, before we bring uh, our friend Jordan Denning on, uh, an amazing uh, corporate advisor and uh, with a little bit of law background mixed in the mix, um, what do you guys have planned for Valentine's? I know you very active schedules. Are you giving uh, the day it's just due, Michael Diamond? Dinner with my wife. I did everything in the morning early so I could spend time after this with my wife and my son. So it's all about my wife. Very good. I am off with my wife right after this show. So that sounds good. How about you, Mr. Unbroken? Trying to find a wife, bro. <laughs> so we will see how that goes. Uh, we'll be careful. That's why he said it's the black man. Yeah, this is this this is why we do this. <laughs> so we are blessed to end our day before we celebrate with our wives and the search for our wives. Uh, with Jordan Denning. He's the regional director at 360 Business Law, taking a holistic approach uh, to helping startup ventures. And there's a lot of issues, uh, especially legal ones, that can really help facilitate the acceleration of growth and sustenance of a small business or a startup. Welcome, Jordan. Thank you, David. And two mics. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Well, good. You know, I'm a recovery lawyer, and I would tell you one of the greatest values of going to law school was one, uh, learning that I don't have to uh, accept every bill a lawyer gives me, but more importantly, uh, you know, what things need to be done and when, uh, especially when it, uh, we're working uh, as a startup, as an, as an entrepreneur. Where do you think a, a lot of startups make their biggest mistakes? You can help them the most with your corporate advisory services. Well, I'm I'm glad you went there because I am an entrepreneur by nature. Um, I've been part of startups myself, and I much prefer that side of the legal practice than your typical black and white paper pushing, extremely boring. I did sit in a big law firm cubicle for years, hated it, got out of it, did the startups, and it evolved into a much more entrepreneurial attorney. So that's step one. I come at it with that mindset. Um, thinking like the founder, the passionate founder, he's got a great idea or she has a great idea. Step one really is make sure who you get, you, you, you know who you're getting into business with. Everybody thinks out of the gate. My brother wants to come aboard. My, my sister wants to come aboard. My uncle wants to invest money, et cetera, et cetera. And they often shoot themselves in the foot by that decision alone. Um, by And then you get into the more technical legal aspects of did I paper it correctly? My, should I go 50-50 because this guy's been my best friend for 20 years? The answer is usually no, but everybody thinks, yeah, that's that's their, their gut reaction out of the gate. And I've seen that crash and burn many, many times, as you probably have. Um, and I, I knew you were a recovering lawyer because you went to the same law school as one of my colleagues down in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, Michael, what do you got for us? 
Michael and me. Oh, switch oh, up the order. Michael, Michael died. Um, yeah, you're both oh, Mike yeah. in my heart. It's Valentine's Day. I'm very formal, so Mike Diamond, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Jordan, I love in the note says you're a holistic attorney or holistic lawyer. What right. can you explain that? And then that's such an incredible that holistic anything, how that has helped you in your endeavors afterwards. Yeah, it, it allows me what it means is that I literally uh, have handled and do handle and almost can handle without sounding boastful, all kinds of different matters under the sun, meaning I, I am not an employment lawyer or a intellectual property lawyer or a, a litigator, any of that. In fact, I'm not a litigator, but I've seen and, and done so many different things, law and non-law, that now I've got this tool set, uh, soup, whatever you want to call it, of all these different experiences and skills that allow me to really bring a lot to the table. And when I see a situation, thankfully, there are not many that I have not seen or at least had some experience with enough to know, hey, I need to bring in someone who knows a lot more about this than I do. So holistic meaning well-rounded, if you will. Some people have called it mile wide inch deep, but I like to call it holistic. Uh, and then we, we drill down on areas that are my strong suit or another person's strong suit and make sure we get the job done, whatever it needs to be. Jordan, I'm, I'm curious, obviously you have a background in working with startups, being an entrepreneur, being a part of this. What are what's something like someone coming over to be a part of 360 business law? What is something that entrepreneurs or business owners are completely unaware of that you are like, you need my service because of this? Well, um, and again, this is somewhat legalese, but it's not very complex. But a lot of people don't understand the concept of protecting their brand or their ideas or what they've built. They don't understand how important that is. They're all they're, they're too hung up on, well, you know, uh, how do we go to market right away, commercializing, making money, putting the partnership together, et cetera. But and I always tell them, but if somebody comes in and swoops in here and steals, you know, your great, great name, your great, great concept, then you're out of luck anyway. So why go down that road first, spend all that money on going to market commercialization without having protected it first. And that's usually as, er as early as the second step after choosing what entity you want to create. An entity, of course, is do I want to be a partnership, an LLC, a C-Corp in Delaware, which is a little bit more complex, et cetera. We don't have to get into all of that, a joint venture. But at, right after that, or around the same time, protect what is often the most valuable asset of any business which is the intellectual property, which can be anything from the name to the secret sauce behind the scenes to the code within a software platform. You know, yeah, ask Bill no Gates problem. about that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and how involved are you in the fundraising side of things? I know a lot of entrepreneurial attorneys help mm -hmm. facilitate not only the correct uh, approach and vehicles uh, to raise money at this, the right time uh, and protect the interest of the founders and the family and friends. Uh, yeah. I've seen so many small deals and other deals over my 35 years where the situational knowledge that I've gained in the legal background that I had had protect and saved founders and family and friends especially. How involved do you get in the fundraising and valuation uh, side of things? 
Very, and that kind of goes back to the whole holistic concept. I often end up acting as outside general counsel to a startup from inception to exit, whatever that might look like, to sale, to acquisition. And part of that is you represent the company in their fundraising efforts. I've been fortunate. I mean, again, back to the holistic concept, I'm relationship driven. So I call on the Rolodex for a great many things that I've been fortunate to develop over, you know, 20 years, 20 some odd years in all kinds of different industries, sports, VC, investment, real estate, whatever it is. So when it comes time to raise funds, I'll tap that network and put on my, you know, uh, pitch deck hat and I'll I'll coach the team up, the business up. Um, How do we present this properly? Everything from literally reviewing how the pitch deck looks and reads to, the nuts and bolts, the nuances of the actual terms of any deal. Do we want a VC or do we want to go with friends and family round where we might, we won't get fleeced by some of these sharks that are out there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You know, do you want to give away 25%? Well, what's that worth? What's the valuation of the company? Well, what's a valuation mean? How do we arrive at that? So I help with all those kinds of questions that a lot of your, you know, average people, simply it's not in their day-to-day consideration. And that's where you come in from having both been down that road before, but also having seen it many, many times. And that's kind of what part of what my job is. Yeah, I mean, you get a great value if you're a startup by utilizing someone like Jordan Denning. You can get your interim general counsel, CEO, CMO, COO, a man of many hats uh, with a background of protection as well as an advantageous knowledge in order to facilitate the acceleration of a startup. And there's many issues that are not only legal in nature, but they're situational in nature. And the legal background, of course, helps add the credibility uh, and an advantage, but there's nothing like experience uh, with that background as well. He is a unique uh, leader for you and many, not many people with that type of experience are willing to give their uh, help in all of these different matters. So if you want a C-suite, uh, multi-talented executive, uh, reach out to the regional director at 360 Business Law himself, Jordan Denning, 360businesslaw.com. Got to have you back, my friend. Keep up great work in helping the most valuable companies in America grow the backbone, as many of us know, of America. Thanks for all your help. Thank you very much, David. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Mike. Bye, John. Bye. You got it. Take care. Happy Valentine's Day. All right. Whenever I see this name, I think of uh, the Chipmunks, uh, but it's not. It's Alvin Jones. He's Rap City creator, award-winning TV host, producer, personality uh, extraordinaire. Check out planetvehicle.com if you want to learn more about our friend Alvin Jones. Welcome, Alvin. Hey, <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing much better now that you're here, my friend. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm enjoying life. Uh, thank you for the invitation. I've heard so many things about you and your organization and what you do. And Hey, this is love. What are you doing on Valentine's Day? Uh, hanging out with Exactly. We're okay. lots of love. <laughs> I'm doing office hours, yes. <laughs> yeah, well... You, you have so many different shows, so many different people, so many different interviews. Uh, I love it because uh, one of our objectives is to be everywhere for everyone. But uh, 
is Black History Month. Oh, believe it or not, has played a big role in my life as I was uh, representing the amazing Warren Moon and business partners with him for over a decade, uh, but also Jackie Robinson, the Clemente family, and the list goes on and on to help build uh, equity and inclusion uh, and appreciate the differences. And I think I wanted to start off there on this day of love uh, with 45 years of experience as a broadcaster and a personality. Things have changed, especially in the world uh, of broadcasting, of entertainment, um, and I think we need to recognize uh, that many of us have worked really hard to, of, of all colors, sizes, apes, religions, philosophies, have worked really hard to appreciate our differences and gain respect for the unity that exists today. Um, I was wondering where your perspective was, how you balance, uh, you know, the progress that has been made, but yet uh, it's never enough and it's never fast enough, at least in my opinion. I was wondering on this day of love from midnight love himself uh what your feelings were with the progress uh that we're making in the appreciation of our differences well thank you first of all the air conditioning just kicked in if that's giving you any too much noise just let me know i'll cut it off um so i'm always uh, oh it just did itself well first of all <laughs> you were working with roberto clemente um you know because you know of his sister and his family, but the amount of service that that gentleman gave to the world, um, he was more than, than just an athlete. He was a humanitarian. Um, and the fact that the way he passed, he, he left this world doing what he wanted to do, and that was helping others. Um, there are times where um, we we, we find ourselves in great spaces and then we have to take a look at folks around us. It's, it's like, as I was coming back to the studio, um, I enjoy what's going on, but I think about Palestinians who, a million people who, who don't have a home. Um, and they're the ones that are uh, caught up in that. And I think about, um, there's a song by the Osley brothers, Harvest for the World, um, you know, um, most of us who pay the price come home with the least. And so as we, we look toward, uh, especially Black History Month, um, I have been so honored to be a part of the lives of people who are part of Black history and who've made Black history. We just lost Joe Madison, uh, the Black Eagle from um, XM um, Urban View, but at that time it was 169, the power before that he was with WOL, WWRC. And he was one of the people when I was doing a talk show that, that gave me encouragement. Um, one of the things I remember when he was going for the um, Guinness's Book of World Records, he asked me to be on his show and he introduced me as everybody's friend. And Joe Madison had so much respect that when someone like a Joe Madison says, you're everybody's friend. Everybody has to take a look at that. Um, it was a few years ago, as we look at Black History Month, um, probably about 10, 15 years ago, that I realized that, oh, uh, my mandate was created when I was four years old. David, I was four years old when the March on Washington happened. My parents, some of my cousins went down. I stayed with my cousin Sylvia. We're watching it on TV. So I'm four years old. And I... I'm trying to find my parents. They said there's 250,000 people. It's probably like a nine at the most, a 
13-inch TV. And here I am, four years old, trying to find out where my, see if I can find my parents in this 250,000 people. And then later on, I realized that was the day that I understood the power of media and getting involved in things that are bigger than yourself. So I had to work with a Dick Regu or Reverend Jackson. I used to do video for Dr. Dorothy Height. All of these, these people who've done amazing things who kind of taken me under their wings and says, okay, kids, you're okay. Um, so as we look at this, um, it's, it's like anything, you know, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, washing your car is all good, but eventually you're gonna have to keep doing it, keep doing it. So when it comes to um, coming together as human beings, when it comes to civil rights, when it comes to understanding, when it comes to um, living in grace, when it comes to forgiving, when it comes to asking to be forgiven, that is a thing that goes on and on and on. And I don't think that it is correct for people to think, oh, we made it and now. Because if you think about it, you just saw um, the Kansas City Chiefs were the Super Bowl champs last year. And their goal wasn't to say, oh, we're the champs. Their goal was to say, we're going to come back and do it again. So they've done it twice. And if you think about it, yeah, their goal is to go back after and keep going. So um, I have what's called musical threat syndrome, meaning I can either come up with a song or think of a song for any scenario. Like I said, I just did Isley Brothers' uh, Harvest of the World. There's a song that was first done by Third World, then by the OJs. It is called, Now That We Found Love, What Are We Going to Do With It? In other words, once we say something, we, we go after it, now we've achieved it. Now that we've got what we're looking for, how do we make use of it? And what was the purpose of going after it in the first place? Wow. Elvin, right now, how how do you motivate the younger generation to to not get caught up in a lot of negativity? And it, it's hard right now with social media. There's a lot of misinformation, and you just said so many powerful things. And it's very hard to get good mentors. So, as a, such an inspiring member of the community, by community. How do you, what's your strategy to, to kind of keep people, get them the, the right understanding of what's, what, what the progression has to be and where we have to go? I think the first thing, and thanks Mike for asking me that. I think the first thing is you have to listen to what's Our world is different than their world. Um, how I grew up, um, you know, we were watching a black and white TV, uh, whereas now, they can see things 4K on a video camera. Um, so what it is, what is it that's going on in their world? What is it that they have to deal with? Um, what are their concerns? And then if you can relate to them about what's going on right now, if you can get an idea of what their concerns and what their desires are and help them get to that point. Um, you know, for all the things I did, it was, it's, here's what's so funny, guys. Uh, and it's Michael. How you doing, Michael? I see you also. Uh, through all of this with the, the uh, 50th year of hip-hop, with the uh, Welcome to Rap City documentary, and people going, oh, you did this and all of the... It, it, you know what made it so important? My sister says, Mommy says she's going to skip Bible study to watch you. <laughs> so... Um, it's not what we do, it's how we affect other people. And so with the youth, they're, they're looking 
for someone. They're looking for answers and ways, and they don't want to be talked down to. Um, and a lot of times, you you can help a person unless you know what it is they're concerned. So, um, is it difficult? Yeah, but I look at it. Look how many people put into my little stupid bag, and, <laughs> and so um, if if I can have the same uh, patience tolerance, understanding that people had with me, then I think, you know, we can because they are the future. It's not a, a, a slogan or a tagline. They are. So I would just say um, push hard, don't give up. Uh, I've got a gentleman now who I've known since he was 14 and, uh, and we met like 1990, 91. He was in foster care and he's made He's made it for himself, and he's now taking care of his son. As a matter of fact, when I went out for the uh, the Grammys, uh, a person that I'm very close to was getting married, and I was going to do their wedding, and he took over for me. And so I didn't have to jump on a red eye and go back and forth across the country to fulfill the promise that I made. He was able to take care of that, and it was because over the years he's – He's become the person that actually, I now listen to him. So I, I really believe that the effort is worth it. You know, it, it, it may be difficult. Um, sometimes when we're younger, we think we know everything, even when we're afraid. And sometimes it's just let that person say what's on their mind, let them express themselves. And I think the most important thing, David, Michael, and Mike, is let them know you care. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, I'm broken. Bring us home. Yeah, so true. I, I love that. And there's so much perspective and knowledge. And I can't help but think just looking at what you've been able to do in your career is uh, unbelievable. But I believe it because I keep seeing it out of people who are driven, who are convicted, who are disciplined. And I'm just wondering where for you has the inspiration come to go and create such a big life? You know, I, I've got to say it's my family, my parents, um, my cousins, my aunts, uncles. I come from a very loving family, and with that, um, being very nurturing. Uh, I also believe when you're young, what you tell a kid, they end up believing it, whether it's true or not. So people used to always tell me I was smart, and so I kind of acted like I was smart. Um, <laughs> I, I grew up uh, from the age of like 6 to 12 over in Ward 7 of Southeast, um, between two uh, projects, Eastgate and Central City. And actually, I wasn't the only smart one in my class. There was like three other us. We always, you know, battled each other to get the best grades and beat each other in the spelling bee. So there, there is, there's a lot that you can get done when you're nurtured, when you're inspired. Um, and when someone tells you it's okay to, you know, what did you get wrong? Oh, well, I got three wrong. Okay, well, go work on them, and once you get them right, they're not wrong anymore. Um, we have to, yeah, we, we just have to let people find their way and say it's okay. Uh, so for me, that has always been it. People kind of pushing me, my friends going, ah, that's not good enough. I've had teachers that looked at me and go, you can do. And I'm like, okay. So it comes from a myriad family, friends, uh, people who believe in you. And sometimes I find 
you have to really be down on yourself for someone to be able to come and tell you, all right, now that you're down on yourself, now that you think you can't do it, now that you've exhausted everything, okay, now, what you gonna do? You know, well, I don't think I can do it. Well, it didn't work, so what you gonna do now? Um, so those are the things that I think I needed. I just fail miserably, do something terribly, and you know, it becomes a joke <laughs> later on. Oh, you don't even know that this just was so terrible. Um, but, you know, and I and I have a memory. I was talking to someone the other day uh, when Kid and Clay got in, and Salt and Pepper got together with Go Go, and they did uh, Salt and Pepper did Shake Your Thing, and the Kid and Clay did Rolling with Kid and Clay. It all came because, and I was there in D.C., the Capitol Center, which is the big arena that was here. Um, was like Heavy D and the Boys, Public Enemy, Big Daddy Kane, uh, Salt and Pepper, Kid and Play. And Kid and Play were on right before Trouble Funk was the headliner. And people were tired of waiting for Trouble Funk. <laughs> I mean, they were just, so Kid and Play, they were just booing them off the stage. And when they get back, they were like, yo, Play says, I was looking at Kid like, we going down. But because of that, what they thought was a failure, they and Herbie Lovebug, who was the producer, got together with Gogo, and that's how you had shake y'all fine, do what you want to do. So um, there are times when things just don't work. You just have to shake your head, shake it off, and keep on moving. Keep on moving is what Alvin keeps on doing, and uh, he's winning awards. Helped to uh, build the BET network as well, and. Uh, we wouldn't have it without you and all the great vibration, frequency, and neighborhood that you built in so many different platforms around the world. Check out planetvehicle.com. Alvin Jones, the top city creator himself, thank you so much for gracing us here on Black History Month. We appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. We'll have you on more shows. Thanks. You know what? I just turned 65, so I guess I am history now. <laughs> yeah, you're a legend. You're old enough to be a legend, man. You're it's been a pleasure, and, and hopefully, I, I I'll earn a, a repeat, maybe a repeat too. Yes, for sure. We'll get you a robe. Thanks so much, Alvin. Bye, Take bye. care. Bye. <laughs> so good. All right, waiting in the wings, all the way from Hong Kong, I believe. You're inevitably got three Michaels in the house. Michael, Michael, Mike, the CEO and co-founder of Voyager. He is a visionary and innovator. Uh, and he's showcasing his commitment to entrepreneurship as well as compassionate capitalism as an amazing humanitarian. He's proven that we can do good and do well all at the same time with the launch of Voyager. Uh, Michael Barth, welcome to Office Hours. Uh, uh, thanks so much for that very generous and kind introduction, David. Good morning, everybody. I'm I'm actually dialing in from. Uh, the mountains in Japan today. Oh, nice. So, how was your, how was your yeah. Valentine's day now that it's over? <laughs> um, I'm on a family vacation with uh, three little kids and another family with their little kids. So no, uh, no Valentine's day celebration yet. Maybe, uh, no, maybe when I get, hopefully maybe no more kids, kids. <laughs> hopefully no more kids traveling. Like that. So you save yourself a little bit. Uh, I got, I got four and uh, they're making sure that we don't have five. That's for sure. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, more, <laughs> um, you know, you're a distinguished explorer and a social entrepreneur like the three of us. It is more recent that we put 
social impact at such a high priority in entrepreneurship. Uh, at what point have you really prioritized the social impact the social entrepreneur has become today? Um, that's an excellent question. I think I've, I've always been in that lane before there was language um, out there to express it. So I always gravitated towards education development internationally, um, uh, designing schools and universities um, uh, around the world, working on, on policy and, and certainly a lot of ed tech from the, the beginning. And um, those sorts of projects have very long event horizons. You're planning 25, 50, 100 years out in some cases when you're you know, building a school or an institution. So, um, and it's all about other people that are going to come after you. And how are you to create, how do you create something that uh, inspires uh, stewardship, but makes it sustainable for future generations? So that, that's kind of the common thread uh, from the, the, the beginning now to uh, Voyager, which is really kind of the culmination of a, of a uh, personal uh, journey as an explorer, but a professional journey as well in um, um, ed tech ed, you know, and education development. And I don't think Voyager would have even been possible, um, you know, five years ago. So timing, uh, timing is right and tailwinds are right for it. Perspective of creating something that lives on beyond you. It, it, people don't have it anymore. Everyone's looking for this quick fix, quick, quick win and this instant gratification. Where does that come from? Do you think that's nature or nurture? Do you, you know, cause it's just hard to get people to play the long game anymore and think beyond that, just what's in front of them. So how, where do you think that comes from? Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a hard question. That's it, um, Mike, but, um, uh, you know, I guess, I, I guess I'm more sensitive to this, um, with my kids. Um, I see it like, so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll try to, um, talk about Voyager because Voyager is, is trying to address uh, some of these, uh, these challenges now. Um, Voyager is, uh, based on my, how I explore wherever I am. It's, it's uh, collaboration over conquest and it's predicated on a belief that everyone is an explorer whether, whether they know it or not, it's, uh, um, but the interactions that, you know, especially young people have with one another and especially, especially how, um, they're connecting with technology these days is really taking them away from, you know, that, um, that ability within themselves to, I think you just said, play the, you know, play the long game. Um, and, um, and be, be engaged in activities that, uh, you, you know, are bigger than yourself, but that requires, you know, some skills and some reps and, and, and practice, you know, at a smaller level that they can build on. So, you know, uh, uh, there's plenty of social media platforms out there. Um, and you know, we basically work very hard to keep our kids off of all of them. And, you know, that's, that's kind of crazy because technology is such, such, um, you know, a potentially, uh, important tool, um, for, you know, getting to that place of, um, knowing what to do and how to do it. So, uh, if you don't mind, I'll tell you how Voyager was born and this might shed some light on, on some of these, uh, these things that I was thinking. 
So I was, I was leading this expedition in the Gobi desert. It's probably like 120 degrees Fahrenheit in the shade. And you're wandering around like a crazy person looking for dinosaur fossils. And so you have a lot of time to think. And it was a very well-funded expedition. There were like 40, 40 people on my team. And uh, despite all of these resources from getting to use NASA technology and, um, you, you know, um, having geologists and paleontologists, uh, you know, on the team, we still were going to produce the same outputs. Um, if we were lucky, that would be a couple of like journal articles that no one is going to read. Uh, we had a nice little documentary that is just, if you even saw it, it would be another example of cool people. You're never going to meet doing amazing stuff. You're never going to do in an incredible place. You're never going to visit. And this is like what passes as inspiration today. This is the, when my kids are asking questions about the natural world, whether it's space or oceans or forests, um, they're getting very superficial, shallow, uh, you, you know, information that doesn't connect inspiration with an actual pathway of how to get engaged in that work in some way to help make a difference. So, um, and then I realized like this uh, mobile device in my hand, my iPhone, as an explorer, it's replaced a ton of gear in my, my backpack. And I realized like I had 40 people on my team. They all have not only scientific information because it's the first tool we pull out to photograph anything, to kind of preserve, uh, in, in that case, dinosaur fossils, but it's really anything. Um, I had no way of getting their information all into one place, uh, let alone being able to capture any of their very diverse experiences in the same place that I was. And so like none of that information ever surfaces in terms of usable scientific information as a data set. Uh, and it's never used to help tell uh, a more inclusive story about what actually happened on that one expedition and how we did it. Um, in a way that other people can um, say, ah, oh, I, I get that. Um, uh, uh, Voyager kind of takes that one step forward. And we're saying that these tools of um, collecting observations about what you're curious about, that's for everybody. And, and these are skills that you can apply to anything, whether you are on a family hike uh, uh, in, um, in a national park near, near your house, uh, or if you're on a big splashy scientific expedition, um, it's a, just a way of, uh, following your curiosity, collecting observations that help you understand that a little bit better, putting it into a format that you can share with a community that's going to, uh, be interested in that experience and possibly give you some feedback and then go out and do it again. So, um, so that's, so none of that existed, that, that, uh, that community didn't exist more widely. Um, a social media platform um, that was sort of focused on collaborative um, um, exploration, science, and nature content uh, didn't exist. So it's basically just pulling some strings together, connecting some dots. Sorry, that's yeah, a long that's, explanation, uh, but uh, yeah. Good. That's no, great. Um, yeah, the, the thing that came to mind, you, you use the word inspiration a couple of times. And I, I do think, like, as somebody who loves documentaries, 
Like I'll see like an Alex Honnold or, you know, you name the guy, Jordan, whomever, like these guys are these inspirational characters and you get enveloped in their life and you forget that your life is right in front of you. What is it? What would be the biggest thing that you hope to inspire in people with Voyager? Um, well, there, there, there are a few, but if I'm, if I'm being totally honest, it's, um, uh, it's, uh, uh, an, an, an independent mind, uh, a big, a big heart, uh, and the, um, um, the sort of, uh, tools, uh, uh, to go out and in, into the world and, and do something. Um, it's not about copying what I'm doing or some of the other luminaries of exploration on the, on the platform are doing. It's about using us as a resource to help them, uh, uh along their, their, their pathway. Um, and, you know, ideally this is, going to, you know, activate future generations of people that are interested in the planet in all different sorts of ways. And now they have um, access to um, a whole host of resources that are historically siloed off. Um, you know, information about the planet is, you know, siloed, uh, you know, in, in all different places, all over the place, hard, hard to, uh, hard to get to the, um, the resources that are spent on exploration broadly, whether it's um, the exploration of ideas, um, uh, exploring through a microscope, exploring um, out out in nature, very scarce resources, and you basically have to be struck by lightning, um, you know, to get a little bit of that, um, and you have to seed a lot of your own IP, you know, in exchange, so you don't even end up, um, you know, owning your own story, <laughs> your own ex your own experience, uh, and so. Yeah, these are these are things I want to change uh, for people. Uh, you know, you could say it's democratizing um, access to the resources of what people need to acquire new knowledge, and that could be at a very grand scale, but it could also be at just very day to day, like um, you know, uh, um, much much more simple things. And so we just um, we just had a, a um, official press release yesterday of this Heroes of the Planet initiative on Voyager. And these are some, like, these are some true luminaries in the, in, in the field. Um, uh, Meg Lohman, who invented canopy science. Um, uh, Kathy Sullivan, first woman to walk in outer space. Uh, Sylvia Earle, like the most important oceanographer since, uh, you know, Jacques Cousteau. Uh, and definitely has spent more time underwater than anybody on the, you know, on the planet. Um, Dawn Wright. Uh, chief scientist of Esri, they've all come on to Voyager because um, it's the, you know, there is no way for uh, people at that level to tell their own stories on their own terms uh, and reach, uh, a, you know, a, a younger, a younger generation that is, um, let's say more tech savvy than our, <laughs> you know, than their, than their <laughs> parents and, and grand and grandparents in some cases. So, um, well, yeah, but using technology. And utilizing meeting people where they're at with that uh, social media app is absolutely, I know it's a re, revigorated relationship between my mom and her granddaughters when she started speaking on their, on their terms on Snapchat instead of the telephone, it solved the problem of her thinking her kids or grandkids didn't want to talk to her. She was talking on the, on the wrong type of device at the wrong way. Uh, but more importantly, we're, inspiring the same type of people, Michael Barth, uh, inspiring people to have open minds, open hearts, and open hands of all generations 
crossing over into understanding our commitment to social entrepreneurship, to make a lot of money, to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. CEO and co-founder of Voyager just launched dot com. The launch of Voyager. Uh, we were here for it and we'll discuss it with our grandkids someday, except Michael Unbroken is still looking for a wife, but Michael and I will be fine. Mike Diamond and I will be fine. <laughs> Solo Michael Barth with his three as he's exploring the world. Thanks for joining us on Valentine's Day in America and enjoy your trip. Thanks so much, guys. Um, have a great rest of your week. Thank you. Join us again. All right, boys, it's time. My favorite time on Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's takeaway of the day. We've had Jordan, we've had Alvin, and we've had another Michael. This is a popular name in our genre. Let's start with Michael Unbroken. Mr. Unbroken, what's your takeaway of Valentine's Day? You know, I because I, I knew this question was coming. Uh, I was thinking. <laughs> Surprise! I know. Well, I was thinking. Like, Genius. How do you? How do you? How do you like? With so much information that's so powerful from three different people in three completely different like realms of the world, they all have one thing in common. They're trying to touch the human experience to amplify it and make it better. And and the thing that I'm taking away from this, probably more so than anything, instead of just one thing that someone said, it was just really noticing like how what these guys are doing is about changing the scope of the way that the world works, giving people access to information, conversation, and, and creating a, a space and a container in which people can really step into whatever that element it is that they need, whether it's that thing about VC money and understanding how to write a pitch deck or on the other side of this, having conversation about, you know, being at the Grammys and hanging with the kid and play or the, the other side of like being explore and going into the world. It's, I just hear this story about these three people who are creating accessibility and it reminds me a big part of why I do this is just to, to create the world that I want to live in. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, I'll keep mine small. I, I like that everyone was investing in, in people's future with their experience and with their knowledge. And I find that's just powerful. Once you gain a certain amount of experience is to meet people where they're at and invest in their future. And that's how, you know, I try to do it with what my experience. I think that's what all three of us do. So that's what I really felt everyone was doing. They were using their experience, their wisdom and knowledge to invest in other people's future to make the world a better place. That's awesome because mine's right in the mix of that, which is they're all utilizing their situational knowledge, not only to leverage uh, a better place for different people, but also meeting them where they're at originally. And so Jordan, you know, meets with all of his experience as a corporate lawyer, you know, the earliest venture, then Alvin is, you know, for 45 years from the March on Washington, he keeps meeting people where they're at and, you know, more relevant today uh, throughout all the different genres of music and superstars and kid and play to come back as well on the Geico commercial when they crash into the, the tree. Uh, saw that again at the Super Bowl, and Michael Barth as well, meeting people where they're at and, you know, the legacies of some of these people uh, in our space, in, in the thought leader space, um, you know, it, it drives me nuts that, you know, nobody uh, helped Bob Proctor or Dr. Wayne Dyer uh, or Zig Ziglar, uh, Dennis Waitley, uh, Michael Bosworth, different people that made me me. And, 
you know, I, I ask people, you know, have you heard of Dr. Wayne Dyer or Bob Proctor? And, you know, it's hard enough to be known when you're, you know, posting every single day. Uh, but it's just a shame. And all three of these people, it's so important that they're they're giving the ability to meet people with that with 45 years of experience in music, 45 years of experience, you know, into uh, this Voyager and then 20 years as a corporate attorney, uh, but giving it back and meeting people where that is the takeaway. Gentlemen, it is time to go celebrate uh, Valentine's Day. May you find the light, the love and the lessons in everything every day, but especially in a day of love. Send your love to everyone you come in contact with. Enjoy yourself. Love yourself. Learn to love you especially. And I'll see you guys next Wednesday. I love you both. Love you guys. See you guys. Bye. Bye, buddy. All right, everyone. I got to go for Valentine's Day. So remember, we will be in Indianapolis tomorrow and Friday. We will be in New York, New Jersey, uh, Chicago, uh, SoFi. We're everywhere. 949-298-2905. Email me, david at dmeltzer.com. Most importantly, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. We'll see you guys tomorrow.